0: Hi everyone, welcome to The Spark. I'm Chris Tremaine and I lead our learning, engagement, analytics, and digital solutions group. And today we have a really special guest here with us in Fairfax, Jeff Hunt. Jeff is a partner and co-founder of PulsePoint Group, which is part of ICF, and he's spent more than 25 years working with major brands to help them navigate the digital era, including during times of crises. Jeff, we are so glad to have you here and to spend time with us today to talk about crisis communications and, most importantly, your new book, Brand Under Fire.
1: Well, thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, This is a critical topic. I mean, you, you look no further than all the crises that we had in 2017, and you realize that no organization or person is immune to crisis. And particularly in this day and age when things happen so fast with citizen journalists and the nanosecond news cycle there's just so much to prepare for
0: absolutely and and we could go on an hour hours and hours I know talking to you Jeff has amazing war stories of things he's done but let's take let's step back a little bit and tell me about your career and kind of how did you what got you to ICF ultimately
1: you know it's really interesting I tell people that I was I kinda was born into crisis because my dad died when I was 15 and my mother went blind Ugh. and it kind of created like this you know survival instinct i think in me and early in my career with burson marsteller in new york i had the privilege of working with some really some of the best people in crisis mm-hmm. management these are people like harold burson al tortorella and the firm had hired handled major crises like tylenol Bhopal, mm-hmm. and so i was watching those and meanwhile i had a client called trw that some in yep, the dc area yep. may remember and Absolutely. they were having their share of crises falcon and the snowman five thousand mm-hmm. dollar toilet seats that's right uh, by the way way back then they were in the data business and privacy was a big issue so i kind of mm-hmm. found my way into crisis management and then went to seoul korea in 1989 after the olympics and within two weeks of being there got a call that motorola's factory had been commandeered by the labor union and so for the next you know six months I stayed in the bunker with Motorola and then after that for the next two and a half years really labor unrest really ruled the day and I literally had six clients taken hostage by labor unions it's a relative term but um, and then from there went to Mexico City right during the NAFTA and that really Mm -hmm. was creating a lot of environmental issues for companies like DuPont and and others and then moved back to New York, and or sorry, ran Latin America out of Miami, and there were things going on all over Latin America, Argentina and the like, Venezuela, from coups to uh, you know things that were happening to companies. And then back to New York, and then ultimately I was in London with Burson Marsteller as chief operating officer. And it was around the time of the Euro, uh, but it was also the time when Coca-Cola was going through a lot of right. tough challenges. So yeah, I mean, just sort of grew up with it, and then came back to Texas. Um, And started, you know, joined a firm called GCI Group Mm -hmm. with Bob Feldman, one of our colleagues. And we won the Dell business. And shortly after that, Dell went through Dell Hell. And (laughs) Dell Hell was to me the first crisis at scale in the age of digital, and particularly when they had the massive recall because of the burning Uh, laptops. And so that really was the beginning of the journey on digital, which is the inspiration for this book. You know, and then since then we've we've just been involved in everything from Penn State to the Fukushima nuclear disaster. And so, you know, fortunately it's not all I do because I think I wouldn't <laughs> survive. Yeah, but, uh, it's definitely a, a main. Certainly get your blood pressure out. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so I mean, Jeff, a book is a huge undertaking. So I mean, what, why write this book, and why write it now?
1: You know, what was happening is we were going into a lot of these organizations and realizing that many of them were still running the old playbook. Mm -hmm. Effectively living in kind of an analog world. Uh, If they had crisis books, what we used to call the Red Book, as you know. uh, You know, they were sitting in Word documents on dusty shelves. Mm -hmm. And then even all the assets that they might use, statements and that sort of thing, were all sort of old world. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I found is that a lot of the institutional knowledge in big companies, I mean, I'm not going to name them because if you're a shareholder, you'd be scared to death. (laughs) But these big companies that have one individual that if she walks out the door, they're screwed from a crisis communications point of view. So you combine that with this era of digital and social media, and it just felt to me like the world needed another business book. Actually, I, I said, does the world need another business book? And I thought, this one right now, very timely.
0: Well, you know, as you said, we used to have hours, at least hours to respond, now we have seconds. Exactly. Social media has given us seconds. So, you know, I think we could go on and on again, you've done so many amazing things. I would say, tell us a little, go into a little more detail about maybe one or two of your just craziest war stories.
1: Well, I mean, I, that Motorola story was really a very, for me personally, I was 26 years old, and you know, all the action happened at shift change, and the labor union leaders would effectively wear multiple layers of clothing, and to show their allegiance to the workers, they would douse themselves with kerosene. And of course, the threat would be that they would light the match, right? Well, in the Motorola case, somebody lit the match, right? And this poor union leader literally had, you know, very, very severe burns, hospitalized for six months. Mm-hmm. And it was alleged that uh, Motorola lit the match, or that a mm-hmm. goon squad hired by Motorola mm-hmm. lit the match. So that, you know, really got me baptized by fire, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, in a real way. Um, and then, you know, whenever there's a loss of life, you know, yeah. it's always really critical. So another one that really has stayed with me for a long time is when I was living in Mexico in a company called Borg Warner was trying to do a really good thing uh, at a door, a border mm. place, and they adopted this orphanage and they went in to throw them a Christmas party and they brought in chicken, uh, you know, to serve to, the, to right. the orphanage. Well, six of the kids ended up dying um, from the tainted chicken wow. at the orphanage. So those are the ones that really stick with you. Yeah. And then obviously Penn State, Fukushima, those are big ones that uh, you know you live through and you learn from
0: absolutely so much knowledge to share with us so you know i i know we are all looking forward to reading this book um i've i've read it and there are fabulous stories you know it, we do a lot of work for the government and you know i've spent the past 25 years mostly watching this very one-way communication from our government you mm-hmm. know they send out communication and this we know now with social media and everything else that the di it, it has to be a dialogue now. Right. So if, you know, if a crisis happened tomorrow, and, and believe me, it already has, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> in yeah. our
0: government, what what do we need to take away? What what would we tell people? And and you know, certainly the people that are doing this for a living, what would we, what would we want them to learn from this book?
1: Well, the first thing I I believe is that there needs to be a cultural um, recognition that the old standard doesn't hold today. Yeah. So it used to be that when I went into boardrooms uh, and I was debating or discussing or arguing with the CEO, it was over if we will disclose, mm-hmm. or do we have mm-hmm. to disclose, right? Now the discussions are not if, but when and how. Yeah. And I think there's this general recognition that all things are discoverable Transparency. in time. Yeah. And so I think uh, the book, lays down five key principles that are really, I think, critical. And if you're having these cultural discussions in the war room when the crisis is occurring, because of the thing that you mentioned earlier, the speed with which they go, you're probably toast. You're probably already behind. So the five principles, first, authenticity. Mm -hmm. So these digital and social media technologies are really born out of a fundamental mistrust of institutions Mm -hmm. and a really reliance on peer-to-peer. And so it's a conversation, as you said, not a monologue. And people want to hear from the expert not a company spokesperson not a statement for the company second transparency you have to assume that everything's discoverable a natural vacuum gets opened up Mm -hmm. who fills the vacuum they or us is it our narrative is it or is it their narrative and then third is speed and so we used to operate as you mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier in the Mm 24-hour news cycle we now operate in the nanosecond news cycle Mm a real premium on being able to move quickly. By the way, that puts a premium on being prepared and having rich assets that can be deployed in the moment's notice. And then agility. As you know, in this day and age, we have these very sophisticated listening technologies that allow us to see what's going on around our brand mm-hmm. in real time. Right. And so if we are deploying messages meant to explain our position in a crisis and it's not working, we have to move quickly to adjust it. We have to have that agility. Absolutely. And then the last one, you know, which people really kind of squint when I mention it to them is creativity. Mm-hmm. So people say creativity in a crisis. And what the best way to really think about this is that you're competing with every form of media That's right. to get your story told. And basically, people are going to migrate to where they get the richest form of content that they perceive to be authentic and transparent and timely. So, those are the five key principles that I think are really at play now. Two of them are cultural: authenticity and transparency. The others are more executional.
0: Wonderful. What about, um, you know, again, just thinking about those those stages? I, I get back to most of our clients in the government, and and I loved reading about the six stages mm-hmm. because, you know, the that urge to bunker down is—that's yeah. where our clients right. go. And you know, is there anything else you'd want to share?
1: Well, the, the stages are really easy to—or to, sorry, really interesting to take a look at, not just from the standpoint of an organization or an institution, but mm-hmm. even personal crises yeah. that right. you've been through in right. your life. And so, first stage is <laughs> surprise, right? And we—we yeah. we never see it coming, and it always happens on a Friday night, yeah, right? Always and each one of these stages creates an excuse for paralysis or inaction Mm -hmm. and of course you can already tell from our conversation Mm -hmm. that the new bias is around acting and doing and not waiting so the second stage is insufficient information invariably you just like to have a few more facts before you say anything and you never have all you need Mm -hmm. but you really have to start filling that vacuum as quickly as possible third is intense scrutiny from the outside and that's usually when organizations know they're in crisis. The bubble's yeah. been oh, burst, yeah. right? A journalist calls, somebody from yeah. the media calls, a gov- the governor calls, you know, your boss calls, and suddenly that world that was protected is now open to everybody. Yeah. Creates paralysis. You don't want to really move. Then we get an escalating flow of events. Mm. They never come onesies. They always no, come onesies, twosies, and threesies. <laughs> So going. you know, if we think about Amtrak, and people like to sure. talk about crises, yeah, right? They right. like to escalate it, Exactly. So, so this year, there's you know, there's been three Amtrak mm-hmm. uh, wrecks, and you know, they always seem to come that way. And again, if you're anticipating because you've had two hit you that the third one's coming, do you really want to say much now? Mm-hmm. And then fourth is a um, a siege mentality um, mm-hmm. where you just feel like you know every move you make is being heavily scrutinized, mm-hmm. uh, and you're afraid to do anything. Uh, and again just like going into the bunker down mode which is the last one you 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 have this fear that anything you say can and will be used against you right. so I think more than anything having a mindfulness around those stages and a self-awareness that in a, and the ability to resist the temptation to say nothing yeah. is an important absolutely learning.
0: absolutely well Jeff this is so helpful and um, you know I guess I would just say are there any final thoughts you know Tell everybody read the book, but yeah. any final sh- thoughts you'd want to share with us?
1: You know, Chris, for 30 years we've been talking to executives and government and corporations about the need for preparation. And um, there was a famous Fram oil filter commercial that said, "You can pay me now, or you can pay me later." That's
0: right. And
1: the implication is, if you don't change your oil filter, you know, you're going to have major problems with your engine. And I, you of course, know,
0: they count on us not to change that right. oil filter. <laughs> About five years
1: ago, I marked 50, and I went to my first colonoscopy, and the, and I, my, the guy says, if every one of my patients took Metamucil, I wouldn't have any patients.
0: Right. So
1: <laughs> I like to say that my book is the corporate <laughs> Metamucil. Right? That's great. Read my Maybe book. Maybe it
0: won't be how we brand it, but yeah, then right, right. push it out. Read my book,
1: and you won't need a colonoscopy. <laughs> right. So you, can either, you can either go through a crisis, or you can get a colonoscopy. <laughs> right? But anyway, I just yeah, feel really. like you can't you know, get people to understand how important it is to be prepared Absolutely. in advance and to create muscle memory in the organization because you don't have the time that you once had. It's yeah. not your friend anymore. Right.
0: Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. And
1: pleasure to be here.